Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we are located in Riverside. I'm a certified financial planner. We are also fiduciaries. If you'd like to know what a fiduciary is, it's not some kind of fudge. It is actually somebody that you want to do business with if you're investing your money and you're getting financial advice. Not only myself, but I also have three other individuals within my company that are certified financial planners, and we are all fiduciaries. Our firm is a registered investment advisory firm. Just by that designation makes us a fiduciary. So if you'd like to know more about our firm, just go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com, or just simply call our office, 951-684-7011 for more information. Now, every week what I do is I divide my program into three segments. The first segment is retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today under Retirement Update, what if you receive an inheritance? And more importantly, what happens if you're still married? Also, what happens, maybe it's your second marriage and you receive this inheritance. You know, it can be a blessing for a couple with one partner when it receives an inheritance, but it also can be a curse. You know, while there's often some emotional highs that come with receiving money, there also is problems because property or some other valuable assets, you know, they also are associated with some legal issues. Most importantly, though, more importantly than that, it's the the emotions and the life-altering decisions that can put pressure on that person that receives the wealth versus the other spouse who does not participate in that inheritance. Spouses, for instance, can disagree on how how the inheritance can be used or whether it be set aside for children or, you know, how is it going to be used for the children from the previous marriage or the current marriage or the other person's children? You can see where this gets really, really complicated. The reason I'm bringing this up, because I've had recently, since the beginning of the year, I've had this happen. I've dealt with family issues where the client has passed away, wealthy and they're dealing with children, and in some cases, the children have remarried, or they're working, they're in a relationship, but haven't married, or they had children from a previous relationship. All these things make more complexity as to how that money is handled. That's why it's really important to sit down and have a family meeting before the event. And when I say by the event, before somebody dies, because it's really important to create a legacy and how that money is going to be dealt with and treated as you go as as time goes by. Now, in most states, 
you have, um, you know, even community property states, typically they recognize inheritances as separate property. However, if a married couple commingles an inheritance, say by putting in a joint account or putting together their names on the deed, like for example, if you got property, it'll become much harder, if not almost impossible, to separate that out in the event of a divorce or death later on down the line. These things are really critically important. Now that, that doesn't mean inherited funds can't or shouldn't be used for the family benefit, but it's really important how they be used. Um, there's going to be something close to $70 trillion that will transfer from the baby boomers to the next generation over the next 20 or 30 years or so. It's a lot of money, it's a lot of assets. A lot of those assets are gonna be real estate, but also gonna be retirement funds. There's going to be other stock holdings, other business interests, things like that that are gonna change. And without proper planning, and more importantly, without professional discussion, I always tell people I have to be clinical here. I have to be clinical. I can't get involved in the emotional outcome. More importantly, my concern is the person who accumulated the wealth and what it is that they want to accomplish in their legacy moving forward. So couples have to decide how they're going to receive and what they're gonna do with that inheritance. Let's say, for example, you wanna buy a vacation home and I'll say Mary received the inheritance, John, just the amount of money and the assets that they've built up during their marriage, but doesn't have significant amount to contribute to the purchase of a vacation home. But maybe it's a second marriage. So Mary has children from a previous marriage and John has children that he has from a previous marriage. They have no children together. What does Mary do? How does she title that property? She would like ultimately for her inheritance, because it came from her parents, to ultimately flow to her children from the previous marriage. What do they do? How do they structure it? Well, it can be done. You do a title and you make sure that the trust is set up appropriately. And it doesn't mean that John can't enjoy the property or enjoy the vacation home or the other family enjoy it after Mary passes away, should she pass away before John. But ultimately, when John passes away, that property would be in the hands of Mary's children. And that's where it would pass through. So there's life use estates. Again, I'm not an attorney, but I do have an attorney in my office that would be more than happy to sit down and talk with you to help you structure your legacy. So going forward, you don't have these issues because I can promise you there will be issues. I just sat down with three individuals that are going to inherit a substantial amount of money. And this came from a lady who had no children. But the question is, where does it go? How is it going to be used? And they looked at me and said, we're not sure. First of all, they didn't expect it. They're all in their 30s, early 40s. They didn't expect to receive this large amount of money at this time. But the question is, they want to be honoring to their aunt. And so how do you utilize it? How do you do it? She set up a charitable foundation during her life. Do they contribute to that? I said, I don't know. Those are questions that we need to answer. So first of all, you have to understand what you are required to do. And what is it that you would do to honor the person who you receive the inheritance from? The legacy aspects of it. At the end of the day, I always make the comment you know, to my clients is nobody's gonna respect the money more than you are because you're the ones that worked hard, you sacrificed, you went through all the times to accumulate this capital. So anybody who receives it isn't going to have the same um, concern or they're the same um, adherence to the guidelines that you set up in your life. So therefore you need to have some 
flexibility, but at the same point in time, you have to put guardrails on this so they know what to do and, and be respectful to that. So again, addressing the emotions is really, really important. And so you need to set up some legal structure so that when the inheritance is received, it is separated. And only if you want to, you then bring it over to the other side. In other words, Mary could give some money to John, but if she wanted to hold everything as her sole and separate property and keep it in a trust, she could do that and give John the right of use, but not necessarily the full benefit of it to give it away to his children in case something would happen. Again, we don't like to talk about divorce, but it is a fact of life. When people receive money, those things happen. And when they do happen, you don't want to be in a situation where you can't backpedal. You can't step back. And I've taken clients through this again and again and again. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we plan for this kind of thing, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Not only do we have fiduciary certified financial planners, but we also have an estate planning attorney that can sit down with you and help you to structure your estate appropriately for your family. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. Now, if you've listened to me in the past, in the past month or so, you've, you've heard me say, we need to kind of create some cash. We need to create some liquidity uh, because the marketplace is starting to get too frothy. Now, what's happened over the last couple of weeks is the volatility that's entered in the marketplace, particularly last week. It's an important question to determine why that's occurring. First of all, it is liquidity. And, and let, me, let me explain to you. When all the money pours into a small a number of stocks, what it does is it kind of, it sucks the equi equity or the liquidity out of other holdings. So right now what's happened is that we've seen more and more money go into a smaller band of stocks, but all of a sudden people start to realize, wait a minute, this thing can't go up forever. This particular stock can't go up forever. This cannot be so innovative and so uh, dynamic that its share price is gonna to continue to rise. No matter how much I'm in love with it, nothing rises forever. Just like nothing falls forever, but there's a time when people need to take profits. And I find that people lock onto a particular strategy and they don't know when to sell. They'll know when to buy, 
but they don't know when to sell. And they brush off all the negative influences. And there's a lot of negative influences within the marketplace, not to talk about the political. I'm just talking about the pure economics, the fundamentals. So it's the, the desire for growth and particularly the emphasis in technology has pushed up those stocks in a substantially higher and higher uh, bracket to the point where it, it, it becomes ridiculous because of the valuations that they are. But people have a tendency to get blinded. They don't really look at what's going on. Now, what really caused the market volatility was the Federal Reserve statement. Now, the Federal Reserve, they are, they're the people that you need to really be aware of because they're the ones that create the liquidity within the marketplace. They're the ones that allow banks to loan. They lower the interest rates. They have actually purchased the mortgage-backed securities. That's why the real estate market is doing so well. First of all, there's a short supply, but they drive interest rates down. But when people borrow money to buy a house, the Federal Reserve is buying those mortgages because no private investor is going to buy mortgages that have an interest rate of 3% for the next 30 years. I mean, it's just, it's, it makes no sense. So the government is replacing that sector. And what it's doing is it's supporting and it's actually lifting those values. Those asset values are rising. Now, again, I don't see that real estate is in a bubble characteristic, but at the same point in time, the Federal Reserve came back and said, you know, we need to kind of like slow this down. We need to have, they're the monetary side. In other words, they create the money. Now what they're looking at is the fiscal side. The fiscal side is Congress, is the executive branch. They have to come to agreement as to what they're, what they're gonna do. Are they gonna continue to increase the debt ceiling? Are they gonna continue to, uh, put out stimulus to small businesses and people that are unemployed. And you can see already the political loggerhead that's going on. Well, this creates some problems because we don't know. It creates uncertainty. And the one thing investors don't want is uncertainty. And although the Fed can deliver again for riskier assets, what they're saying is we have to be careful. There's a limit as to what we can do. They don't want to create hyperinflation, they don't want to create asset prices so high that all of a sudden there's gonna be this major correction. And so what we're seeing right now is a correction within those, those higher end, but also they're buying junk bonds. I mean, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the Federal Reserve bought a lot of the debt ratios, like for example, for cruise lines. These companies were literally ready to go bankrupt and the Federal Reserve went ahead and bought them, put them on their balance sheet. So that's part of that $3 trillion increase in our debt reserves. And so the Federal Reserve can literally just print money, buy it, but it helps to stabilize those companies. Now, in a normal process, and again, COVID is not normal, but what I'm saying is a normal economic cycle, you would start to see companies go through bankruptcy. You know, bad management is displayed. It becomes very acute in these particular times, and people have made bad decisions. So therefore, there are other investors come in and they clean it up. They take, they, you know, the shareholders lose. But oftentimes companies are, are sucked up into larger companies. They're bought out, they're redistributed, they're bought, they're, they're, I mean, it's a healthy part of the process of business. You can't just sustain these companies because they become what they call zombie companies. In other words, they're just existing, but they're not making profit. They're not able to really sustain themselves through the long term. Now, what the what the Fed has done now is they spoke last week and they said, but we're done. Uh, we can't do any more at this stage. So therefore, what's going on 
is they're on pause now until after the election. They don't meet again until November the 4th. Why is, why is that important for you to know? Because the election is on November the 3rd. Now, whether or not we have a clear winner, that's one thing. But I think on November the 4th, uh, there's going to be a lot of decision process that people are going to have to get a hold of because I don't know whether or not we're going to have a clear winner in the presidential race. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that could go um, awry in that particular area. But the fiscal side of it is so critically important. It is so critically important that we have the Congress and the executive branch come together to come up with a fiscal path forward. And again, coming back to what's going on in the marketplace, we're getting simply stated a reversion to the mean. What am I saying? Reversion to the mean, that just means that fundamentally, stock prices cannot go up forever in a particular sector. So people are looking for other sectors that can be more fundamentally viable going forward. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, fundamental, in other words, there's a lot of companies that have good fundamentals. I think we're gonna find it primarily in the mid caps. Those are companies from 2 million, 2 billion to $10 billion in market valuations. Uh, also, I think you're gonna look at overseas. Uh, we're seeing in Asia as well as in Europe that the, like in Japan, for example, the, um, the share price is about a third less expensive than it is here in the United States, as well as in Europe. And they're starting to recover. They're starting to see some really positive signs over there. People have a tendency to have a US bias. So they wanna buy US bias, in other words, uh, oriented type stocks. And they have a tendency to be blinded. They don't look outside that. So there are some other opportunities, but they're outside the United States. Um, in addition to that, we're looking at the election influence. So this is going to create more volatility within the marketplace. I've talked about this. I wrote about it in my newsletter that we're entering into a time. September is always a really critical month for the stock market. It just seems to be a time of sorting things out and it creates more volatility within the marketplace. But if you have good holdings, if you have good stocks, if you have good bonds, those holdings will last. They may go down in value, but eventually they will come back to what I call reversion to the mean. They'll come back to their fair market value. And when they do, you're gonna be glad that you kept it because you continue to receive the dividends through that period of time and the values will then start to take off again, just like they do in a normal marketplace. Um, if you'd like to know more about this, give me a call. I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. Remember, the first interview is always free. Give me a call at my office, 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. Um, 
We're all going to go to the ballot box, right, in November, if you haven't already, already sent your, your ballot in. Um, but you need to make a choice. You need to make a choice between Trump or Biden. And as my comments are to people, I said, if you're looking at the person, both these men that are running for president are flawed individuals. They have a history that you could point to. They have a personality that you could, uh, that you have difficulty getting a hold of. Um, so therefore, your voting has to be based upon more about their policies. And what I want to do is to provide you a series of articles. And the Wall Street Journal has a section called Election 2020. And it, it deals with, uh, over the course of the next week or so, it deals with various policies. And they do a comparison between Trump versus Biden on the issues. This one I'd like to send out to you. It deals with you know, the antitrust, the liability shield, job protection, deals primarily with the technology. What is the difference between Trump versus Biden when it comes to these things? You know, the Obama administration kind of gives us a view as to what Biden would do and what um, advantages or disadvantages they would have regarding big tech. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there that, that would not agree with me that technology and social media has far more influence than it should have in our decision process. And I think that what we're seeing here is that in the Biden, uh, they're gonna be a lot more progressive. In other words, allowing big tech to have more of a head, more of a lead than let's say a Trump administration would. Now, again, the liability shield that provides protection for like the Facebooks, the Googles, the other companies like that, that have a lot of social media content. But uh, Trump would like to repeal, they call this section 2030, and uh, most likely Biden would put it back in. And it provides a, a shield against these companies from content that they feel that they would be responsible for before they put it out on the internet. The other thing is also job protection. I mean, I think Trump is saying, let the course of action occur for technology and allow it to be, um, it'll replace jobs, but it'll also create jobs. Whereas Biden is more union-based and he's going to want to have uh, economics that will protect certain jobs and the number of jobs before we see the rollover in technology. Um, so this article talks about this and you can get a better idea of what they are both talking about regarding this. Also from taxes, higher or lower taxes, this article talks about their platforms. In other words, what it is that they're looking at. And if Biden becomes the next president, and if he has the power to make legislation, then you'll get a good idea of what the tax is. Now, he has said that he wants to tax those people that are making $400,000 or more as far as increasing their taxes. Again, I, I, have a, I, have, I have a real question about whether or not he's gonna be able to do that, depending upon what the makeup is of Congress. But he also talks about corporate taxes as well as how they're gonna deal with capital gains. This is really important for you. So as a voter, when you go into the booth, you need to understand what you're voting for, not what you're voting against. And what I try to point out to people is the more you know about this, the better your choices are gonna be. I would say, don't try to worry about the person, be more concerned about the policies. And if you'd like to have a copy of this article, I'd be more than happy to send it out to you. I'm gonna have a series of these dealing with the various subjects as they come through the uh, Wall Street Journal. Give me a call at my office. My phone number is 
684-7011, or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.